Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a first-hand account of all things secondhand and sustainable because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am here to break down the resale vintage consignment world, what it can get you for less, and what you can make money on. I am joined by my bestie in the Westies, Sarah Lane. Learning along with all of you, and week after week, I think, where's Mary going to take us next? Because you might think you've discovered all angles of the consignment world, but you would be wrong. You would be very wrong, because I just keep discovering them every day. <laughs> and, you know, just like I have my candle obsession, I just... Bought five dipty candles as a, on a, as a bundle, but I mean, still five of them um, on Poshmark. If you go back and listen to, we have a whole backlog from April 2019 onward. But I talk about my secondhand candle obsession, secondhand skincare, secondhand boxes and dust bags, like what purses come in. So you can learn lots of different things and also how to divvy up your clothes and consider selling and how to list stuff so that it sells and you can always ask us questions and whatnot. But we are going to do the treat of the week first because... That's what we do now. And I am eating Girl Scout cookies. I'm so happy. <laughs> I haven't had any uh, this year. Uh, now, I am a sugar hater, kind of. I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't I don't crave sugar all that much. But I am definitely a Thin Mint fan. Always have been. I like things that are minty and chocolatey at the same time. And Tagalong's a uh, close second when it comes to Girl Scout cookies. So I'm a little out of the loop. But if there's a little girl who can figure out a way to knock on my front door, it'd be kind of a challenge because I live in the country. But if she does, I will buy them. So I have a friend. And she's 11. <laughs> and she's a Girl Scout. And she did I Run an event series in D.C. called Women Write Washington, uh, which was a way of my celebrating and creating book parties that were interesting and intersectional. And she has sold cookies. She sold cookies at my Women in Money event. And then she just sold one that I did for my friend Sarah Hurwitz on women and spirituality. So I will mail you a box of Thin Mints. I'm also helping her do an event in my <laughs> in my building. But I met her on the street corner outside of Target where she was with her mom. And like with Girl Scouts now, you can't be like, oh, I don't have any cash. Like, well, we take Venmo, we take PayPal, we take Bitcoin. Like you have no excuse. Um, <laughs> and she was like hustling really hard. And I was at Target buying a lamp and I had my like event the next day. And I looked at her and I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? 
do you and your mom and your little brother want to come sell cookies at my event? It's great. Now they have all these things about like supporting young women entrepreneurs. And so she has made an absolute killing and I love Samoas and I put them in the freezer and I just have been feeding them. I was never a Girl Scout mare. I was a bluebird. And I don't even know if there are bluebirds around anymore or if it might have been like a Northern California regional thing. But there were bluebirds, there were brownies, and there were Girl Scouts. And I don't know why I went with the bluebirds. Maybe it was like the only people who would take me or whatever. But, you know, we all had our different uniforms and we took it very seriously and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I wasn't a Girl Scout, but the cookies have always just been slamming. And you should support the Girl Scouts and tiny lady entrepreneurs and their cookie sales. So I'll mail you some Thin Mints, but that's what I'm treating myself to this week. What are you treating yourself to? Food or otherwise? Oh, man. I have not bought uh, secondhand candles yet because you mentioned candles and your five new candles. Emphasis on the word, yeah. I just don't know where you're putting all these candles, but that's neither here nor there. It's your life. You know what I am treating myself with? The Guayaki Yerba Mate, which is a brand that happens to, it comes from the town that I grew up in, Sebastopol, California, which happens to be like one town over from where I live now. So it's Northern California, it's wine country, whatever. This is just where the company started and where its headquarters are of all places because it's a super popular drink now and they have like a hundred different flavors. Comes in cans, comes in bottle form. You can get unsweetened, you can get fizzy, but it's all based on yerba mate, which is like a South American drink, you know, which is sort of like, it's not actually caffeine. It's something called matin. It's basically a lightly caffeinated, delicious drink. And I love the unsweetened lemon mint flavor. I love it, love it, love it. I'm not crazy about iced tea. Even unsweetened iced tea, I'm like, eh, because that's usually black tea based. The yerba mate is perfect for when I'm like, I want something more interesting than water, but I don't want any sugar because I hate drinking sugar besides hot chocolate every once in a while, as we talked about on a recent show. And that's my, that's my flavor of the week. Yeah, so I happen to know a lot about mate because I used to live in Argentina. There you go. Um, yeah, you know all about it. Argentinian. It is, it's funny because maybe you're not as affected by caffeine, but mate is a very strong caffeinated tea and you drink it over the course of the day. Yeah, you've got like it's, coffee. It's a very cultural thing where people will have yes. their own like silver straws yeah. and mm-hmm. it is definitely stronger or weaker depending on how you're brewing it and how you're ingesting it. I will say one of these, which is, I don't know, it's like your average 12 ouncer, probably not that crazy because I don't drink caffeine in the afternoon and I can have one of these and it's not going to make me all wacky or have a hard time going to bed. And the sugary ones are too sugary for me because the company is like, eh, we'll make like a couple kinds for like the weirdos who don't want the sugar. That's me. And then we'll make like a hundred million other ones for everybody else. But they've become very popular, at least at least in my neck of the woods. And yes, it's because it's a local company. So but I would assume that you have those on the East Coast as well. Yes. So I have seen them. Um, You are the Sarah single handedly taking down the sugar lobby. But yeah, I mean, it's not for me because I'm a deeply anxious person. And so even the faintest whiff of caffeine makes me rock it off into the moon. I love matcha. Um, I drink it and then have a panic attack four hours later and don't understand what's going on because at least I know the high from caffeine or espresso. I mean, not quite Elizabeth Warren levels of like having never had a cup of coffee in her life. I have coffee every morning and I have since I was like 15 years old. So I don't know what would happen if I didn't have it. I mean, probably just like monstrous migraines. You just have to keep it, keep it to a minimum. People who are going to have coffee after a nice dinner, I'm just like, you're a- You're a wacky weirdo. Like, 
even if you're not awake all night, wouldn't you just be like sweating and yeah, like having like palpitations? No, thank you. And pooping like, all you know, of it, I think yeah. it's just like it's no anyone that has an espresso after dinner. I'm like, you know, I, I it's funny because I'm simultaneously very tired, but also very awake. So uh, <laughs> for different reasons, uh, just just doesn't work for me. I want to get into what we're talking about today, and it's been a minute since we did a brand deep dive, and I dumped all my knowledge about buying and selling secondhand of that brand, so I decided today we would do Yves Saint Laurent, which is now just goes by Saint Laurent, that's a whole thing. What's your earliest memory if of YSL? I still call it YSL. Even though I was very much not like a fashion icon type of child, I had a Vogue and Elle magazine subscription, Harper's Bazaar. I just... I loved things that seemed like fancy older women. I would like snip out like Laura Ashley ads and put them on my wall, like weird stuff. Like just like I mean, Laura Ashley is great. I had some Laura Ashley. I was like that was like the height of chic. I was like, excuse me, I would like to look like Little House on the Prairie vomited all over my curtains. Like, give it to me. Right, but it's like I would take some scissors and like clip out ads that I thought were cool and like arrange them in collages on my wall. And you know, my mom would every once in a while just be like you're such a strange kid but at the time there were a lot of things I didn't know how to pronounce right so when I first saw it I was like wives St. Lauren and she was like Haha. <laughs> your mother <laughs> took French in high school and so you know over time I've, I've, I've learned more about the brand that it's like one of the highest end of high and how to say it properly but yes I know the brand from way back when because of my you know getting my Vogue magazine in the mail once a month. Well, Yves Saint Laurent, YSL, and now I guess SL, but nobody calls it that, is a prolific, prolific fashion house and brand. Per usual, I want to get into some of the history because it's usually stuff I don't know when we end up often talking about like, you know, I don't know, the Second World War. But it's it's cool to know the history and then sort of think about now where to buy it secondhand, um, how to sell it secondhand. I have some pieces. I don't have any contemporary Saint Laurent. Like I don't have any of the Hedy Slimane, um when he knocked off the the Y of the YSL that is a little bit more modern, a little bit less interesting, at least to me. But I, I have a great uh, YSL vintage sweater. I've had some amazing vintage YSL. Like You can get vintage YSL pieces. They proliferate around the world and you can get them for really great prices. Uh, the new stuff resales for very, very high and is expensive, but I'll, I'll give you the ins and outs of all of it. So Yves Saint Laurent, like many of the other designers and fashion houses we've talked about, was French. And he was alive until not that long ago, until 2008. He's very famous for having said that he wished he invented blue jeans, which is an iconic iconic quote of his. But he founded uh, YSL in 1961, uh, and he is one of the greats. You've probably heard of YSL, Yves Saint Laurent, or at least Saint Laurent, if you're you know keeping tabs on it now. The thing about him was that he sort of came about later than some of the other brands we've talked about. So like Hermes and Chanel, like Hermes was like, you know, turn of the what 20th century early 20th century and chanel was early 20th century saint laurent really didn't get going until like the late 50s and and the 60s what i love personally most about ysl is the suiting which is something he's known for and i'm getting some of these facts from wikipedia everything will be linked but he really did something for women i mean 
it says here he's credited with having introduced the tuxedo suit for women and sort of went against a lot of the grain of European hyper feminine dresses only type thing, which as a woman who loves a great pantaloon and blazer, like that's what I think when I think of Yves Saint Laurent is just the blazers blazing around. I love all of his blazers. Well, a good blazer, especially when you're a woman. Well, I shouldn't even say that because men should have good blazers as well, but the tailoring is special and unique. And yes, a company that's known for that kind of thing, it's like the ultimate power move. Yeah. So how did Yves Saint Laurent come to be? He actually grew up in the Mediterranean and he got his fashion start by making intricate paper dolls, which is fun. And I something I haven't thought about paper dolls in a long time. I had some of those as a kid. And he designed dresses for his mom and sisters. And when he was 17, he moved to Paris and enrolled in fashion school. And he was almost immediately introduced to Christian Dior. We haven't done Dior yet, but, you know, another major fashion force, Christian Dior. I went to the insane Dior exhibit in Paris. So I think he got he got really lucky and ended up, you know, meeting the right people immediately. Like, was Christian Dior like a mentor type thing? So he met Michel de Brunhoff, who was the editor of French Vogue in the late 50s, who I guess it says was a connection through his father. I don't know what Yves Saint Laurent's father did. It doesn't say here. But as the editor of French Vogue, he obviously knew all the designers and introduced him immediately to Christian Dior. And uh, Yves Saint Laurent actually worked with Dior and worked at Dior as sort of like an apprentice, but also doing some design. And he actually has designed a a lot. So much so that in 1957, Dior actually handed over the reins to Yves Saint Laurent. And Dior was pretty young when he did that. And he actually died shortly thereafter. So Yves Saint Laurent was the head designer at Dior at 21. Wow. Which is like totally insane. Did all these interesting things for Dior in the late 50s and didn't create his own line until 1961. And he actually, again, all of these deep dives into like varying fashion histories end up in war, but Yves Saint Laurent served in the French army during the Algerian War of Independence. So he he was in the military and then got fired from, from Dior. He had all of these like, it seems like mental health struggles uh, and was not treated well by fellow soldiers, which seems like a light way of saying he was... I don't know. It says something about hazing. He did electroshock therapy. So he he fell pretty ill. And it's interesting. Per usual, you know, when we when you read about the history of designers you like and how you learn a lot about these people, you just straight up didn't know. So um, he had varying mental health issues and drug addictions. So while Yves Saint Laurent was deployed and at war and then struggling with his mental health and uh, substance abuse. He was fired from Dior, which is like a pretty shitty way to get your notice, I guess. It's like, yeah, I'm a little bit busy. (laughs) So then it it looks like it, it resulted in a lawsuit and it was a whole mess. But I would guess from some funding, it's saying from an American millionaire and maybe potentially from a settlement, he started Yves Saint Laurent at the end of 1960. Yves Saint Laurent really popularized and something that still is amazing today uh, is Tuxedos for Women. And he did the first one in 1966 called Le Smoking. So he had a smoking jacket, which is still 
one of the most popular things that St. Laurent makes. That's not something that like the current creative director has changed. Like the St. Laurent smoking jacket. If you listen to our episode with Meg Key, she found an amazing one in London and sold that for a ton of money. Again, suiting, blazers. I love blazers so, so much. And that's really what St. Laurent is known for known for. And he was way less couture and way more ready to wear and had ideas about, you know, quote, democratizing fashion. And instead of just making dresses for rich ladies, he was just a little bit more alternative and made like cool ass power suits for ladies, which I think is probably one of the reasons why he's my favorite designer ever. I don't know that you've ever declared this before. That is quite a statement considering that you know a lot about the high, high fashion world. Yeah, I think, well, it usually comes along with the question if you could only wear one designer for the rest of your life, which like, I mean, what a dream. I wish someday I will only wear Yves Saint Laurent for the rest of my life. I think it would be YSL. YSL also was just like a fixture and icon of the 60s and 70s, Raging Coke Problem, Studio 54, all that stuff, which like you do kind of associate. I'm like thinking of like a woman with like, you know, the waves blown out hair and like no top on, but a blazer and pants. Right. You know, like that whole look. So he was a party boy and that looked like it, I think, almost killed him. So he broke a lot of barriers in terms of like ready to wear design, sexiness, edginess, 60s and 70s. Very cool. In 83, he was the first living fashion designer to be honored by the Met. He's won a ton of awards. But this line reads, St. Laurent retired in 2002 and became increasingly reclusive, living at his homes in Normandy and Morocco with his pet French bulldog, Mujik. Literally me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, that sounds great. I know, right? You're accomplished. You're wealthy. You've got two homes in places that, I mean, I don't know if I would have chosen Normandy, but whatever. Live your life. And uh, increasingly reclusive. You got a dog. You eat what you want. Uh, Good on you, sir. Yeah. Well, so YSL was known for loving Morocco. Um, If you go to Marrakesh, he has this famous blue house that was just redone as a YSL museum. And the blue he chose, you know, that that's that's a whole thing, which I've always wanted to go to. But yeah, I mean, he was was definitely an icon and and loved Morocco. Uh, So if you ever are over there, be sure to check that out because I've heard the redone museum and houses is very incredible. But really, like it all comes down to suits. After he died, lots of amazing items were sold, art, clothing, mostly art, and yeah. The history of the business is a little bit different in that in 1993, in what seems, I guess, like a pitch-perfect move, Saint Laurent was, was sold to a pharmaceutical company called Sanofi. And then YSL's former partner, Pierre Berger, who, who was his romantic partner but then became his business partner, appointed Hedy Slimane as the art director in 1997, who then left for Dior and then came back. Tom Ford designs, like a lot of different interesting people have designed for YSL. Albert Elbaz, who did a lot at Laven. If you've ever seen like a photo of him, he's like, looks like the, like a less old version of the grandpa from Up. He's like kind of squat, has big glasses on. YSL was plagued clearly by a lot of different things. And he was just sort of a troubled dude and then a lot of different people just like kind of took over the reins and you hear a lot about that not that you have to have substance abuse issues or mental health issues to be a creative genius but 
but it's pretty common. And clearly he was. I mean, both troubled and also a creative genius. So this is news to me, but it's not super surprising. No, I mean, you know, Lily Pulitzer, her designs are so colorful because she like was trying to cheer herself up in a mental institution. That's why there's so many flowers. It's so funny. So I'm currently on the Wikipedia for the brand and there's a photo of the YSL boutique in Beverly Hills, California from 2006. And there is a pink neon YSL art piece that now definitely belongs to friend of the podcast, Cindy Gallup, because I've seen it in her house. <laughs> I don't know how the hell she got her hands on that. Then comes in Hedy Slimane. Hedy Slimane is now the creative director of Celine. We've talked about him, you know, made things, stayed with the like rock and roll vibe, but, you know, I think made things a little bit sanitized and like less out there and interesting. But St. Laurent, as it is now, is still a huge power force and I think is something that will remain like that for a while. So enough about the history, which maybe you learned something on our fashion history secondhand podcast. Let's get into the buying and the selling. Buying secondhand, there's a huge difference in price and in like the amount of stuff that exists with a Y, with Yves Saint Laurent, and no Y, Saint Laurent. It was incredibly controversial for Hedy Slimane to remove Yves' first name. I don't really know why he wanted to do that. I think when he did, everyone had lost their minds. I remember that, being like, what are you going to do? It's YSL. And that's what people think of it of. And, and YSL created so many different garments, particularly blazers and pants, that you can find them in many, many resale shops. And... They go for some, like sometimes they're a couple hundred dollars, but sometimes they're really not. Like what people are really searching for right now is the Saint Laurent, which is, you know, the current decade resales for just an incredible amount of money. So if you're trying to get some your hands on some YSL, look for the Y uh, and that's a much more reasonable price. And then conversely, if you're selling it, Saint Laurent currently without the Y, the current decade resales for some of the highest retention I've ever seen. Of the like it bags of the past couple of years, Saint Laurent has come out with a lot of them. The uh, Sac de Jour, which is sort of this great, it's very heavy, FYI, but it is sort of like a briefcase. It's like a great work bag or everything bag. But current Saint Laurent is very expensive secondhand, but there is a ton of it on the secondhand internet. So I think that it's something that has a lot of value and will continue to have a lot of value, but you need to watch it. Like at first, the Sac de Jour, which was the classic work bag, everyday bag, it bag that has probably existed in the past couple of years. They make it in a bunch of different sizes. A lot of people have it. Just looks like a really sexy briefcase. It's too heavy for me. I think it's way too heavy. But that is going to resell for, like, they retain a lot of value. They're really expensive. And some of the stuff holds close to what it retails for. People really want their hands on some of the St. Laurent bags. They're really well made. They're really heavy. And they're really classic looking. I think that's what made what has made the retail value just, like, really stick. And then any, any of the ready-to-wear, any of the clothing St. Laurent, like, you know, I talked about my quest for the leather jacket. Uh, that stuff is just criminally expensive. What I love is the amazing YSL vintage stuff. So, you know, 20 years or older, blazers, pants, tops, some dresses. They weren't really known for a lot of great dresses. The, that was sort of like, I think, the heyday of, of what you should be looking for. And that's in so many vintage stores. That's all over the secondhand internet for so much less because it's not just like, what's the current trend? You mentioned variety, what the brand is kind of known for, what it's less known for. There was a, a video, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's sort of a hip-hop but country song, Little Nas X-esque 
not, it wasn't him. It was, it was a different artist that I was not familiar with that was shared in one of our kind of friend groups. And the singer, like the lead singer is wearing a St. Laurent like bulletproof vest. You know, it's black and it's in white lettering. And I thought to myself, huh, that's a strange collab. And it's probably fake. I don't know. But I wanted, I wanted to ask you, I mean, what's kind of the most off-the-wall stuff that you've seen on the secondhand market when it comes to these high, high, high-end brands who sometimes do these sort of wacky one-offs? Yeah, so one of my obsessions is collecting random designer objects. So, like, my sister-in-law got me some Dolce & Gabbana pasta. <laughs> Literally, it's like a pasta like brand from Dolce & Gabbana. It's sitting on my shelf because, ew, carbs. But no, I mean, it's because it's like a... I, I think, like, I got, like, a Gucci hand, like, a vintage Gucci hand towel in Italy. Like, I'm obsessed with weird designer objects. I can't tell you about the bulletproof vest, but that is a look that people are going for right now. St. Laurent's current ready-to-wear, I think, is is not very interesting and very repetitive and incredibly expensive. It also runs very small. If you're looking for any of the clothing, it runs very small. The one thing I like are the leather jackets and the smoking jackets. The little smoking that Yves Saint Laurent did is his like first big thing. Classic staple. What is that? It's sort of like, it's a blazer. It's a lady tuxedo fucking blazer or whatever, however you identify blazer. Sick, sick blazers from Saint Laurent. And they, I, I'm thinking about this one that... I wanted to buy for my brother's wedding and it was a smoke like the smoking their classic jacket and it had like rhinestones on the lapels but like you know it was, it was a lot of look as Tim Gunn says but sometimes and for me personally St. Laurent I think their menswear right now is more interesting than their women's wear because the women's wear runs really small and just isn't my style as much and I think some of the menswear is really cool at the men's store in Paris they had a necklace that they have some cool like random jewelry and it wasn't expensive but I didn't buy it and it was Saint Laurent on like a charm that was shaped like a razor blade which like is a little much it's like we get the rock and roll like theme like right, I don't need to have right, a Saint Laurent yeah. li- ra- like literal razor right. blade around my neck yeah. like cool it it's, it's an element of danger we got it <laughs> a little on the nose a little, a little on the nose but the boutique is beautiful and you can't go to the bathroom anywhere in Paris. And they were so nice to me in that boutique and they gave me a little water and I was like, hi, can I please go in the bathroom? And they were like, oh yeah, you're going to buy all this shit. And then I went upstairs because like everything right now, the aesthetic of Hedy Slimane and what he's done and removing the Eve of the Yves Saint Laurent is like, I think all the shit looks the same and it's it's very sort of one look, couple colors, very severe. So I'm in this bathroom and it's just like a marble slab. And so I went to the bathroom and then I went back downstairs and like booked it. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm not buying anything. So that's a random object I've seen. They don't do as fun like random things. I mean, YSL like the random neon. I feel like designers had more fun in the past, though now everybody's following the Supreme model, which is just that, like, if you slap your logo on shit, people will buy it. And here we are buying Supreme Oreos. We are? Well, depending on when this podcast comes out, yes, Supreme is dropping a collaboration with Oreos. Wow. And they're already going for, like, 50 bucks, and let me tell you, I'll just get regular Oreos. But I love some of the fun objects as long as, like, they're not just for objects' sake. Like, people that have made weird weird random one-offs like a Chanel tennis racket which I should have bought at this tiny thrift store in Florida but I didn't need so (laughs) well I would say I'm surprised but almost nothing surprises me anymore so supreme oreos great you're gonna see a lot of like in us weekly like celebrities crossing the street like holding their like bag of oreos 
you know, because they like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're like cool enough to have gotten the really expensive ones. Get out there and get vintage YSL. I want to see what you're getting. I want to see what you're into. If you want to sell it, as I said, like the current St. Laurent stuff without the Y sells for a tremendous amount of value. A lot of people are buying the handbags. You can get a lot of value for them if you sell them now. Um, I don't know how that's going to remain. Uh, but to me, vintage is best. Unique is best. A little funky is best. But you really can't beat that that smoking jacket. I love nothing more than a lady tuxedo. And now that I think about it for my book tour, I think I've decided it's essential that I have a YSL smoking jacket. So you deserve nothing less. I mean, I I deserve to stop treating myself. My bank account's like just stop treating yourself. Stop it. But YSL, if you're listening, do you need me to model? Just kidding. They would never ask me. I have to look like it would be twelve feet taller and French and have like wavy fringe. All of their ads look the same. I want to hear what you're looking for. I want to hear what you're into. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you can learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane. Email us, hello at ingopodcast.com. Questions, concerns. Tell me about your trip to Marrakesh. Did you see the YSL house? I want to know about it. Slide into the DMs anytime on Instagram, Twitter, at ingopodcast, at Meredith Feynman. And we'll see you and your smoking jacket soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.